All right, welcome back, listeners. We're at Spice Radio at Spice Rack Studios. We've got Joel Elliott today, a stand-up comedian. Not originally from Huntsville, but he's currently residing here. That's right. Um, uh, originally from Baltimore City, Maryland. Uh, then I spent uh, I spent 14 years in South Central Pennsylvania, which um, James Carville, the Raging Cajun, that, that polit- uh-huh. political pundit, he says of Pennsylvania, it's Pittsburgh on the left and Philadelphia on the right and Alabama right in the middle. <laughs> I was I was living in the Alabama portion of Pennsylvania, so it was kind of a it was a primer. I guess mm-hmm. for being moved down here, but uh, but yeah, came to Alabama in October of last year. Been here almost a year. Okay, uh, so what originally got you down to Huntsville? Um, my spouse actually got a job down here, or her company moved her down here, so we okay. were we were relocated um, down here, and uh, then as things tend to go, things went sour. Uh, she's flamboyantly divorced me and released me into the wild. Um, yeah, she took everything, so now I am uh, living on the streets in Huntsville, Alabama. That's well, was that a know. big culture shock? I mean, well, going yeah. well, I don't know from I don't know. It's not the super super far north, but it's pretty far north, right? To the south, and then I mean, straight to the streets of the south, which is another exactly. uh, a whole yes. other uh, game there. Yeah, yeah. Like as it was when we moved down, it was like okay, wow, things are very southy down here, but <laughs> very southy. But, yeah, but then to yeah, but then to hit the streets and get like fully immersed in the southern culture that was mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's been jarring. It's been jarring. Um, but, uh, you know, again, Pennsylvania was kind of a primer. Like, I, mm-hmm. I saw more battle flags, more Confederate flags in Pennsylvania than I have down here in Alabama. Really? Yes, yes. It could have been because we're close to Gettysburg. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, there's a lot of it just from, you know, reenactments and stuff in Gettysburg. But, but no, they're just ordinary citizens in South Central PA that fly that battle flag with pride where, you know, some of us. Well, I guess know, it's more kind of on the borderline of where the north meets the south. So yeah. maybe it's more. I don't know. Literally, I really, you yeah. know, I don't see a lot of those like kind of creepy uh, militaristic areas except for like some back water areas that I've actually right. kayaked and I have seen some like complex but that's like in Georgia and stuff and I okay. I rarely see it around here really. All right, let me put that on my list stay away from Georgia. Yeah. Okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah. A beautiful place though. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah have, well, no, it's a just a lot of state. guns. It's too, wonderful so. state. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and then guns are such a it's a different thing in rural areas as opposed to the city. Oh, you know, yeah. like in cities guns means like that handgun that some dude's right. going to pull on you, you know, but well, like what is there to shoot in the city other than, you know, people than, and buildings exactly so. yeah like it depends on what you're hunting when it comes to <laughs> my feelings on guns if it's deer then yeah sure just you know bring me some baloney when you're done but no it, yeah there are people hunting people in the cities that's why we get you know us us, us you know semi-liberal people get all get all antsy <laughs> we get antsy deer baloney sounds very interesting it so. comes around every winter in pennsylvania <laughs> you know like where does it come from? it doesn't i know right it's it doesn't matter where you work somebody's gonna come into work and be like yeah shot a deer you guys want some baloney i got some deer baloney it, it gets passed out every year at a certain time because somebody shot a deer well uh, i have yeah. you know i have that uh whole dream every night where it's like yeah i'm gonna become a vegan i'm never mm-hmm. but then you get like a good deer sausage that yeah. you know some guy brought in oh. you know cooked it in a i don't know a greasy pot or something it tastes so good yeah it's like, I can't, like do oh, this. I can't do this yeah vegan breaks no, you down can't do it breaks you down can't do it <laughs> well um so you've been hitting the comedy scene around town can yeah. you give us some places where people can hear good comedy yes um like the whole the whole schedule can be found on on uh hsvcomedy.com 
com, I believe it is hsvcomedy.com. Um, but the you know there's some ones active like uh, Maggie Myers, uh, Matthew Tate hosts uh, TGIM comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie Myers Monday nights at 8 p.m. It's uh, open mic, so anybody can come out. Um, you know, just come out and do some jokes. Uh, you know, it's uh, open mics are where you test your materials. So, you know, don't be afraid. Come on out. And uh, one thing with the TGIM is they've been doing improv lately uh, in, oh, be- cool. in between the bits. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's uh, there's a lot for everybody. Um, and that's at Maggie Myers, which is uh, in the location that Olivia's used to be in on 72. Yeah, right off University. Right, right, right next to the off-campus bookstore on University. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuesday nights, uh, Partners and Five Points, there's a open mic there, starts at 7 o'clock. Um, that's hosted mm-hmm. by uh, Stephen Claybrooks. Um, you know, fantastic guy. And they're, they're really, that one's new, and so it's building. Um, you know, so, you know, we definitely want some more people to come out. Um, but that's, uh, that's Partners and Five Points, uh, Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. And uh, the longest running open mic in Huntsville is at the Copper Top, uh, just north of the downtown. Uh, it's Meridian and Oakwood, that, mm-hmm. that yep. intersection. Uh, Copper Top has it every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. And that one has gotten so popular. Um, the last night's uh, showing, there were 31 comedians that came out wow. and signed up. Like we each got five minute sets because there were so <laughs> yeah, many people that came out. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. 31 comedians. So, like, the Huntsville comedy scene is really growing. And yeah. the, these open mic nights are where we get to see what you have. You know, we get to, you know, notice you and, and you know, and where you can hone your skills so that you'll be ready for doing a paying gig down the line. You yeah. know, Well, that's great. I mean, you named um, some great places because we've had uh, Xavier Fry in here. Yeah. He works, I think, Sunday nights with Maggie Myers. And yes. uh, Maggie Myers has really done well uh kind of supporting the local scene i feel like so quickly because they haven't been open that long really right maybe so many months but uh they're already hosting a lot of uh local players with really good stuff and uh i don't know it looks great in there i hear the food's great i haven't tried it yet yeah the food is terrific yeah they're uh they've got the um um, uh what do they call it a cottage pie it's a there's they've got a shepherd's pie type thing that's really good and the hand pies the hand pies are terrific there and yes, Xavier is amazing. Yeah, I've seen him play at Maggie's, and he's got some original stuff that is just top notch. Yeah, we had him know. here um, so many weeks ago mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, yeah, he writes his own stuff, and he plays some great covers. Really, I mean, yeah. he's got such a good voice; he could get away with most anything. But <laughs> right, and when he does a cover, it's you know, like it's one of those like his voice is so or his style is unique enough that it's uh, yeah, it, it brings mm-hmm. something new to the song. It's great. Yeah, Xavier's. Awesome dude, awesome. <laughs> and Maggie's has got a great stage for performance. That's yeah, that's, it's yeah. they've really kind of built it up, and it's a lot more open than it used to be mm-hmm. uh, in the previous life of that bar, I guess. Yeah, and uh, it feels really good. I mean, you can get around pretty easily, and good place to go hang out. And and plugs, plugs everywhere because they know it's 2014, <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> got a, a phone. Plug. Everybody's got a phone that's dying. Two plugs for every person. Yeah. Right? So if your cell phone is dying, come to Maggie Myers. You can you can charge it up. You can charge it up anytime. So good yeah, deal. Good stuff. So, yeah, and you mentioned the Copper Top, which has been long standing, mm-hmm. long running uh uh just place for little punk bands, mm-hmm. pretty big bands from overseas play there. I mean yeah, yeah. it's I, I really hope they uh just build a one three times the size so we can fit more people in it because it's you know, it they pack it out, which is great. 
Right. And it, it's just ready to grow more, which yeah. is wonderful. And I'm yeah. glad to hear they have hoping, comedy there. I was hoping they buy the place next door and just like, right. boom, just expand mm-hmm. it by double. Because, yeah, they do get a, a decent uh, a decent turnout for both the comedy and the music nights. That, Definitely. Yeah. And you see like a good ver- uh, variety of folks in there, which is interesting. Yes. You know, you've got like bikers and right. these these young college kids. Yeah. You got, it's pretty interesting. And Anytime you can bring bikers and hipsters together, you've done <laughs> something, you know. You've and they're done not like beating here. each other with exactly. With Exactly. Very rarely. I don't Very know what hipsters beat they. people with, but uh, iPhones. Or yeah, like I, iPhone cords. They yeah, <laughs> and just you know, kind of whip and then run away and. Uh, yeah. well, good deal. So, <laughs> is there uh, on the weekends? Do they mostly have comedy shows? Do they? I've heard of um, the Rush hosts some shows. The, there. the Rush show uh, doesn't doesn't go anymore. Um, but uh, there is All Right Bayou, which is first uh, first third and fifth Fridays. Uh, at Tim's Cajun Kitchen on Jordan Lane. Um, they That's a $5 cover, and that's featured performers, you know, like people who have actually been booked for the show. Um, there's also Clockwork uh, Comedy. That is something that... Uh, um, you know what that that doesn't go that doesn't go at the moment so yeah, I'll scratch that <laughs> homegrown homegrown comedy uh-huh. that that's uh, in the I believe they do that at Low Mill um, yeah they've been doing a couple shows there yeah yeah and that uh, you'd have to refer to the website as to upcoming shows for right. homegrown so you're playing uh, Tim's Cajun or uh, yeah. doing your whole gig over at Tim's Cajun Kitchen uh, September 5th, right? 7.30? That is correct, yeah. 7.30, uh, September 5th, I'll be doing a, a full set uh, at uh, Tim's Cajun Kitchen, and that is hosted by Matthew Tate. That's the All Right By You comedy show. And Good that's, deal. That's the one that's first third and fifth uh, Fridays of the month at Tim's Cajun Kitchen. But yeah, mine's going to be September 5th. I'm going to be there on purpose. Right? You know, <laughs> not you, just eating shrimp. Yeah, You're going to not, be there. Not just wandering in and doing open mic. Because like open mics, are, you know, they're great, but um, obviously they're not, you know, you don't get paid for an open mic. You know, open right. mic is about just getting out there and getting seen, getting, you know, people to see you. Um, but I've been working on the material quite a bit, and uh, I, I think you know we've got a decent set uh, lined up. So uh, definitely, everybody, come out September fifth to Tim's Cajun Kitchen. Sounds good. Love to see you there. They do have great food. I've they I've really tried do. their food. Yeah, they sell alligator there, is my understanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they've got it fried. I think they've got it in the gumbo. Probably. Right? I don't know. It's they've got it in the gumbo. whichever way you want to eat a gator. Yeah. They yeah. can do it for you. What isn't in the gumbo? That's the you know. No. I mean, yeah. That's I think excluding it, air. I think it's just got right. everything. Right. Pretty much. Much. And just, they will they will do it Cajun spicy, you know. Very nice. So I I mean we're kind of like the heartburn capital of the world. Yeah, yeah. But but there's still you know a huge subset I think hiding here oh. that really want to uh, eat that spicy food. So yeah. good yeah. deal. Good stuff. And yeah. uh, you've got uh, a clip from the sports page, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Ward, a great comedian that he runs the scene, I believe, in Knoxville. Um, he came in from out of town to do a set and was amazing. And then uh, Matt stayed around to host the uh, open mic uh, Monday night and, um, yeah, did a set. And uh, we do have a clip. All right. Well, let's take it away. All right. Thank you, Matt Ward. Um, well, gosh, it is good to be here at the sports page. It's good to be indoors in general, really. Uh <laughs> I'm going through a divorce right now, just so you have the background. Um, you know, she took everything. I've been living in the street, okay? You know, I am uh, the street homeless. So that, you know, that gives me the dubious honor of being uh, Huntsville, Alabama's number one homeless comedian. Uh, yes, thank you. Homeless, 
tuning in with a following. It's a, it's a surreal world. It's a surreal world. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not number one because I'm funny, you know? Like, I'm number one just because none of the other comics have lost their housing yet. You know, it, uh, keep pursuing your dreams, though. If, if the entertainment industry is what I remember it to be, you soon will be uh, living in Tent City. We'll be performing to, uh, you know, a bunch of raccoons. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but one thing that I've, uh, that I learned, uh, you know, about being homeless, I'm kind of new to it, uh, but there's levels. There's levels of being homeless. There's uh, people who are homeless in cars. That's like the, the upper crust. That's the... Uh, you know, the, the upper class of homeless people. And then there's the kind that live in tents. You guys are familiar with Tent City? You know, there's a whole bunch of com homeless people encamped together in tents. Then there's my kind of homeless, which is like the lower, lower level of homeless, street homeless. It's like you just sleep wherever you're going to sleep. Um, the reason that I don't ascend to that middle class of homelessness and get a tent and live uh, with the other homeless people in Tent City is because it's freaking wild down there. I don't know if you guys have ever visited. Oh my goodness. Uh, Tent City is it's like the Bummeroo Festival. Like there's a dude walking around naked, nobody knows why. Somebody's playing bongos on a bucket. It's like okay, there's a Chihuahua at the homeless shelter, and I asked, I was like, oh, it seems listless. They're like, oh yeah, it's sick. It got into the pile of catfish heads. Dude, why is there a pile of catfish head? Why doesn't somebody pick this? You guys have trash bags. Why why doesn't somebody like clean that up? Uh, it's just it's nutty there. So I don't want to do that, you know. Um, but I have had actually an indoorsy time just recently. Uh, you know, somebody took I crashed at a friend's place, and uh, we got into that couch surfing, uh, you know, like a spiral where it's like he would turn to me and be like, "So like, dude, you have anywhere you need to be?" I'm like, I'm street homeless. The answer is no. You know, like invariably, do I have anywhere I need to be? No, not at all. And so we just kept, I just kept staying there, like night after night, until it was like, dude, I feel like I'm wearing out my welcome. But I don't know how to say to the guy, like, uh, uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would rather go live in the street than hang out with you. You know, like, I come across seeming like kind of a dick. If I'm like, yeah, so I gotta go, because, you know, I got all this homeless stuff I gotta do, you know. I didn't want to do that, but uh, he gifted me with a, a new hat. You guys want to see my new hat? Uh, we decided that I should walk around as a street homeless person wearing this hat. Now, initially, I was like, I don't know if I can even do this ironically, because I'm not a fan. I am on Twitter. I, yeah, I'm a homeless dude on Twitter. It's true. Uh, a lot of us on Twitter are homeless. You, you'd be surprised. But, uh, you know, no, I was like, you know, there, I'm not in on every meme. I don't like the YOLO thing. Uh, but then another comedian in our circle, he made the, the best suggestion. He was like, you know what? For you. It stands for, you only live outside. I was like, dude, I can wear the hat now. I can totally wear that hat. Anytime anybody asks me, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know what? You only live outside. So you guys have been amazing. Uh, Matt Ward, thank you for sticking around and hosting this open mic. Um, you guys have been great. I have been homeless. I, oh, man, I'm still homeless, actually. That sucks. But uh, I, I look forward to seeing you guys all again. I'm Joel Elliott, and honestly, I love you. All right, listeners, you're back. I'm Ben Joe. We've got our guest, Joel Elliott, today. Um, you just heard him at the sports page. Yes, and I should point out that I was wearing a YOLO hat. I've got this uh, uh, an oversized, funky hat that says YOLO, which was what that whole YOLO bit came came down to. I, I really, I'm still having trouble bringing myself to wear the hat. But once <laughs> the moment that Tom Hand said, you only live outside, is what it stands for <laughs> for me. That's that's what sold it. That's what sold it. Good deal. Oh. 
Well, I was wondering if uh, what kind of audiences you uh, favor the most. Do you like uh, audience that's sort of uh, distracted, you know, like at a bar scene? Or are you more into having an audience that's just there to see you? Like what? Right. It's. Uh, I mean, you do want a certain amount of challenge because you don't want to feel like like they're patronizing you. You know, you don't want to like if everybody's just sitting there silent and wrapped and just looking at you, it you you feel like well, you know, maybe uh, you know, like maybe this is a gimme, you know. But uh but at the same time when the crowd is so hostile that you have to trick them into listening to you, that's a, uh, you know, I like the happy medium where people are there, they're having a good time and if you're up there doing good, they their conversations stop and they turn and they, you know, because it, it does feel good to win the, an audience over. I've tricked an audience into listening at the Copper Top. <laughs> uh, the Copper Top can be like warfare, you know, like some weeks Definitely. it's great, but some weeks it's like these people are here for shots and they want me to just shut up and let them take their shots. There may be beer uh, bottles flying through the air. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, sometimes the Copper Top is dicey. Um, but there was one night where I felt the crowd turning, you know, like it, there were like six or seven comedians in and like the, the bar conversation were getting louder and louder and louder and even though we have a PA we're still we're competing right, with yeah. the conversation so when I went up uh, I, I wrote into my set that you know like I started the set off by saying okay Copper Top who wants me to buy you a shot of your choice and they're like woo and now they're listening and I was like <laughs> okay because I'm broke and I'm not going to do that I just wanted to know if you're going to listen to my comedy and then I moved on <laughs> and so yeah so I basically tricked and then alienated the entire crowd at that at that point but uh, but yeah, sometimes you have to do tricks to win them over when they're too. I definitely prefer that middle zone where like people aren't just sitting there like it's a library, mm-hmm. but they're also not specifically not paying attention to me because we're right. needy people, comedians. Right? You, well, you do yeah. have to have some sort of dialogue. With yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like if they're not if they're not listening at all, it's like, well, I could have just done this in 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 you know in the park uh, mm-hmm. to to the ducks and yeah, but that's. <laughs> It's much less rewarding, much less rewarding. But uh, yeah. So, so about like venue size, have you played any really small rooms or? Uh, pretty much, it's been I've been doing that circuit of of, of Maggie's partners and the Copper Top. You know, mm-hmm. Copper Top might be the smallest room, but they they get such a big turnout that you know it's it's nice. There have been some nights um, because Maggie Myers has been building their open mic uh, some months ago. I yeah, mm-hmm. there were there was a time where it's like. Or, or like if we had conflicting events, you know, like if a big name is coming out to a comedy show at another location, uh, then like five of us will show up at Maggie's. And, right. you know, I've, I've, I've done that before. But um, I had a background in uh, the radio broadcasting industry. And it, with radio broadcasting, you're performing in a room by yourself. And, pe- yeah, I mean, in theory, 100,000 people are listening. Right. But, like, you've got no sense of that, yeah. you know? Like, you, I mean, you're performing to a crowd of zero every time you go on the radio. And so I... Imaginary listeners. Yes, exactly. It's like, I, That's what I'm, you guys are. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're out there. So, <laughs> yeah, so every time I've taken the stage, just because, you know, I was in the entertainment industry for a while, and, you know, mm-hmm. I really, you know, like, you know, cut my teeth and paid my dues and whatnot. Um, every time I perform, if it's open mic or, like, karaoke night, if there is... If the room is is got like one person and he's nodding off i'm still up there bringing my a game you know it's Mm -hmm. like i know that this dude is drunk and he is half asleep but i'm going to do the show you know like it's i yeah i've got that i've got that that work ethic of if you give me a pa system i'm going to give my all every time because that's just that's how i 
because I don't, you know, I do it for the passion. I do it for the passion of, you know, loving performing in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you have to like bring, bring yourself to whatever situation you're in to really flourish, I guess, as a, as an artist, I suppose, because I I think that's a self-esteem issue with Mm -hmm. your, your art, whether it be music or comedy or whatever you're doing, just, you know, putting, putting yourself out there and um, having your self-worth and being able to grow, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you bring yourself, you bring yourself to the state, like the, you know, the audience is almost incidental, you know, because like if you're, if you're coming into it as, you know, this is my art or this is, this is my product even, um, you know, it doesn't matter if people showed up or not, you know, you, you come up there and you bring your A game every time, you know, like you, you should never phone it in because the audience didn't show up because those two people, they did show up and I want to give my best for those two people, you know? Uh, Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, the Rocket Wrangler, which is a very funny yes. website. Yes, amazing website. Daniel Coley uh, is the mastermind of this project, uh-huh. and a lot of the the um, you know the comedians in the community that like to do a lot of writing, uh, they're getting involved. Um, it is just it's the the you know the premier place for for uh, for written humor uh, in the Huntsville area. Um, I have seen Facebook comments like I don't want to associate it, you know, but I've seen Facebook comments. People are starting to get the idea that rocket dash wrangler dot com is pretty much Huntsville's answer to the onion. You know, right. like it, it is a great source for satire. And uh, yeah, um, uh, one of my favorites, um, uh, there was an article recently that uh, the headline was city councilman vows to outlaw curbs in wake of violence because apparently curb stomping is a problem in America. And so the answer is to outlaw curbs. Right. You know, yeah, it was a, it was a cute little, you know, cute little commentary on, on the, yeah. Like mm-hmm. is banning guns really the answer? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Banning curbs. It was, it was cute. <laughs> it was cute. I can't remember who wrote that one, but it, it was one of the local comedians. Very funny stuff. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're good articles. A lot of them are pretty topical and, uh, yeah. I don't know. They're pretty recent. You know, they yeah. stay up to date. So yeah, it's, yeah. Got, it's got good uh, local satire that right. you wouldn't get, you know, elsewhere. So. And sometimes they get a headline out there that like catches, you know, like um, mm-hmm. there was one about uh, building a stadium uh, in Big Spring Park. Like they're right. just going to put a stadium right in the middle of Big Spring Park. And people got upset, you know, right. like people started making phone calls. It was like, who is this city council person that made this decision? And, you know, like people got fooled. Bob, you blah, know? blah. Yeah. Who is this yeah, guy? Bob, blah, blah. I'm going to check out Bob Loblaw's law blog and see <laughs> what, oh man, I love Bob Loblaw. It's been a minute. It's been a minute for that Whenever one. I get a chance to say Bob Loblaw. Right? I, yeah. I say yeah. Bob Loblaw. Any opportunity, because that one, yeah, come on. Scott Bayo. What would Scott Bayo do? That's the question. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, one topical one that came up recently, I think uh, I think Matthew Tate, the host of TGIM uh, and the host mm-hmm. of All Right By You, he wrote this one uh, that it was uh, Madison Teen Dies Taking Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah, I and read that one. Yes, that one just came out, and, and that one caught, man, you should have seen mm-hmm. seen the, the, the hit count, the view count on that one. Right. It was, you know, because it was so topical, you know, people are like what and then you know and that's the idea you know like draw them in and then give them a piece of satire it's right. uh, it's good stuff i've got an article coming out on the rocket wrangler i oh, believe deal. it's gonna be um uh the day that we're recording this he's, he's gonna publish it uh, tonight oh, so wonderful by, Perfect the, by the time you hear this look at rocketwrangler.com and since you know i am uh, you know huntsville alabama's number one homeless uh, comedian you'll know which article's mine 
You'll know which because I have a niche and I stuck with the niche. Everything I do is homeless themed now. Well, there's a lot to explore there. Yeah, it is. It is a very, yeah, man. It's a whole separate society from real society. Mm -hmm. You know, I keep saying that real society, homeless people are real people too. Let's, let's keep that in mind. But, but, but yeah, it's, it is, it is wild. It's like, it's just like a whole group of people, uh, including myself that are living, you know, just a total alternative way from, you know, everybody oh, yeah. who's, who's and people you know, might see, you know, a guy sitting on the corner uh, once um, a week or something. But, mm. you know, that guy's out there 24 seven doing yeah. something, you know, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like that corner is 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 just one of the spots that, you know, in this like giant tapestry of places to be to be safe you know Mm -hmm. yeah like it's it is a 24-hour job to like okay is it cool to hang out here is it safe to hang out here Uh, right now yeah it is it is something it's a yeah it's a it's a very bizarre way of living we're we're looking forward to digging out of that and changing that we're right we're gonna do that we're not gonna stay the homeless comedian but hey if you've got a niche make it work and that's that's, so that's where i'm at with that (laughs) right yeah and uh, Uh, i don't know people uh, people just don't know that these people are out there a lot of times because well Huntsville's kind of a spread out place right and uh it's it's kind of uh, segregated almost to different areas you know what i mean it really is it really is yeah like and uh, but the areas are very you know they're still like kind of close close right. in on each other i mm-hmm. mean you will it, it's weird you will be walking from well you won't be walking you'll be driving because you live in society but uh i'll be walking <laughs> from from one place to the other and it's like you know before you like you blink and you move mm-hmm. from a poor area to to a more upscale area it's yeah it, it is yeah. interesting it's a patchwork of, of yeah different and cultures a lot like that too anyways because yeah. we've got so many transplant people you know flying yeah. in from all all over the place you know yeah. to work to work either government jobs or or um, any other reason, really. That's the Plus, good, the good kind of transient, the, right? The, right. The engineers that come in. From, yeah, and you've got people <laughs> riding the rails too. So yeah, yeah. Oh, I've met a couple of the yeah road hobos and, or road tramps actually because they weren't looking for work. That's the distinction. Uh, okay. A hobo is somebody who moves town to town looking for work. A tramp is somebody who moves town to town not looking for work. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah. I looked up the definitions because in, initially <laughs> <laughs> in the, would, in the hobo you know, dictionary. Yes, yeah, so you want to be, you know, like you want to be. You, you know, do want to get your lingo you, right. You yeah. don't want to insult anyone exactly. and have like, yeah. yeah, you can't just you can't just throw things out there. But like I did a set and I was calling myself a hobo and then I looked it up. I was like, no, I'm not a hobo because I've been staying in town. Uh, it's like I'm looking for work, but I'm not traveling looking for work. Mm-hmm. That's what a hobo would be. So, well, I've yeah. I've met uh, different bands really, and a lot of musicians have uh, stayed with me back in my college days. And there is like a whole different lingo mm-hmm. uh, with all people that you know travel. Some people call them travelers, some you know street kids, whatever you want to call yeah, them. Yeah. They have their their own names for things, and right. you know there's a whole another dialect really. It's that's true. That's really got it's really creative actually. Yeah. You know? I, I've touched on that a little in 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 the sets that there is homelessness jargon, and, right. you know, like for every industry there is jargon, exactly. and it's the same for like people on the fringe of society. It's wild. Mm-hmm. It, it's because people want to own, you know, like they want to own their identity, and so they come up with their right. own terms for things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. The first one that I that I noticed was shorts. It like you know people in in like you know indoorsy people uh, who buy their own cigarettes and whatnot. You know, they mm-hmm. king size cigarettes are what are called shorts but for homeless people shorts are that cigarette that you finished right, yeah, yeah you finished half of you threw it out your car window now that's a short that is a short that one of that one of my peers is going to pick up 
So yeah, uh, thank a you, nice short, thank right. you for littering. I guess what I'm saying is thank you for littering because we we appreciate it. You know, it's really yeah. recycling, is what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's it's the ultimate form of recycling. It's, it's yes, it's that it's that that part of that recycling triad that that doesn't uh, get you know get used enough. The reuse, you know, people that's don't right. reuse yeah, enough. True. But yeah, we will gladly reuse your half smoked butts because um, because we've given up our pride. That's that's where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah shorts jargon homeless jargon well and i mean i don't know i've i used to work over at grateful life ministries I want to give a shout out to them because they yeah. do a lot of good work and uh i mean downtown rescue mission there's a lot of good places around mm-hmm. that um i'll do their little part mm-hmm. to help folks on the street but uh yeah i mean every uh person who's been on the street or lives on the street they all have a interesting story about the rest of society too you know uh, yeah because you you you're kind of exposed to uh, people of all different um, classes and um, economic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And there's really some interesting, you know, in Huntsville, I mean, there's some people who are classically trained, you know, uh, maybe electronics, like nuclear electronic <laughs> engineers, and now they're homeless, you know. And, they, you know, how that's a story right there. Right, yeah. I've met, I met a guy that, yeah, like he's got, he's got a PhD and he happens to be living on the streets at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, he was an engineer of some sort and... Yeah, you're right. There are some, and uh, yeah, and and it's also it's 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 something. What I'm finding is that you know I'm looking at society from a much different perspective. You know, now living living out on the streets. Yeah, you know, there's like I feel like I'm going to come out of this a lot leaner. You know, uh, yeah, no, a, a lot of the things that I thought I couldn't live without, I'm finding out that I right. absolutely can. When you, you know? have to, you really yeah. do. Yeah, when, when all your possessions are in a backpack on your back, you l- learn to live without a lot of things because mm-hmm. it's like, like what? my my friends want to help, you know, and uh, and they keep offering things and there, there have been points where I have to turn stuff down because it's like, Everything that I own is on my back, and every yeah, I'm not going to carry around a TV. Or exactly, anything. yeah. Like I, man, I appreciate the blender, but I, I really, I don't know where to put it. Uh, you know, because because I don't want to. Espresso you know, machine. And yeah, that. it's like that would be great. Uh, you know what? I made that mistake when I first hit the streets. I was, I bought a French press. I had a French press that was in my backpack. I was the only homeless dude in Huntsville, Alabama, that had French press coffee. But it became a burden. I was like, I cannot carry this around. So I'm down to instant now. <laughs> I do instant coffee now. But uh, but yeah, for a you minute, you set out your box and I, you put your French press down. Right. And <laughs> it was. I totally. I had sternos for heating the water. I'm was... going to grind these beans. This is going to be difficult. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. I got I got way ambitious, and that was uh, I overshot the mark there. I ended up donating that thing for the to the uh, to the first stop shelter there. Well, now um, I'm sure they got great coffee. So. Yeah, yeah, which, uh, which <laughs> they need. Out. Oh, my goodness. You should see when it's coffee time. It's like fish in a bowl and the flakes right. and, you know, people come flocking. That's but. the drink of America, I think. It really is. It, it, it is <laughs> Maybe and, most of the world, but yeah. it, of it, America, too. <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes homelessness not so bad. It, uh, no, the <laughs> coffee, the coffee makes all the difference. It, uh, you ever see a homeless person, give them a coffee. They'll love it. it uh, yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is truly the best. But but yeah, that uh, the first stop uh, does a real good job as far as advocacy. You, you mentioned the uh, downtown rescue mission. Mm-hmm. You know, Salvation Army also does yeah. good work. Um, uh, but yeah, first stop is like it's a day shelter where you know homeless people can go during the day, and especially in August in Alabama, it's it's a very important thing because the sun is so dangerous. Um, but yeah, first stop is doing a they're doing a fundraiser. Uh, September 28th from 1 until 5 p.m. Uh, and that's going to be at the Historic Roundhouse. 
Um, yeah, right downtown. Yeah. Now, I believe it's a $5 cover, um, just like the September 5th show at All, at all Right uh, Bayou. Um, it's a $5 cover, but all the proceeds here go to First Stop. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, a fundraiser event. And I believe um, I'm meeting with the executive director on it. I'm pretty sure I'm doing a comedy set at this fundraiser. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So uh, if you want to see more homeless comedy and you want to like directly help the homeless community, I mean, like if you go to All Right Bayou, you're directly helping the homeless community in That's the right. fact that that is, a, that is a paid gig for me. You and can, so you can buy yeah. some shrimp. Yeah. Like, and then you're even more yeah. directly. Well, and that, you know, that's something I haven't gotten it into a bit yet, but I do want to write a bit about this. I, I'm <laughs> working on it uh at these shows something that i've noticed is like after i've done my whole homeless comedy set you know uh somebody after the show uh every once in a while will come up to me and be like hey so like are you really homeless and i'm like who would i be if this was a gimmick that i'm making up you know like i'm not gonna come up on stage and lie about being homeless just so i could have good material that's crazy you know like i mean i would have no soul you're sitting in your portion you're like i can't think of any material like Like, what if i was homeless yeah if i was homeless this would be funny why don't i just tell people i'm home that would that would be terrible what what a kind of person but yeah so like people will come up to me after the show and they'll be like are you really and and i'm like yeah that i wouldn't lie about that and then they get like like they thought that the set was really funny and that but then they're like yeah oh my god you well you can't go back out there and i'm like well yeah i have to it's you know right. like i don't know making the most of it it's okay and like it, it it becomes this reverse situation where i'm consoling them for me being homeless which is weird huh. it's weird but you know like people have have uh like I haven't done a lot of begging, you know, Uh, but Mm -hmm. what I'm finding is it's almost like I've it's a loophole to panhandling that I'm doing these comedy sets because I put it out there with just just blunt honesty what my situation is. And, uh, you know, every once in a while at these shows, people's hearts are touched and people are like, I'm going to buy you a pack of cigarettes. Do you want a beer? I'm going to buy you a beer. You know, like people just get touched and, and, uh-huh. I, and i you know like basically the way i've been operating is don't ask for anything except things when they're offered and uh and people have been um amazing you know like i mean people have offered you know like people are yeah, bought me food at the you know these places and it's just it's always appreciated and it's an amazing thing but i i've started to feel guilty because it it's almost like i've gone up on stage and found a legal way to panhandle you know like right. i've i've actually i've considered just going ahead and you know before announcing the background of my comedy just uh you know acting like uh it's a gimmick or or, or like a stunt and asking for a quarter you know just going out oh, anybody yeah. have a quarter mm-hmm. anybody have a quarter and then when somebody brings it up as though it's a uh as though you know it's going to be a part of a bit just put it in my pocket and be like thanks man so yeah i'm a homeless <laughs> dude and you know like, right. like just sparing for change from the stage just to make it calls just, just. But yeah, I felt I felt a little guilty with the you know hearts being mm-hmm. touched. Xavier Xavier Fry was one of the guys, really? like because he did, you know him and I you know we had run into each other some you mm-hmm. know but we hadn't really gotten to know each other, and then he saw one of my sets at this at, at an open mic night, and you know he was just having an especially wistful evening, and he was like, "Dude, I have to buy you a hot dog," and you know, and there were there were lots of hugs and lots of existential conversation, and yeah, Xavier is an amazing dude, amazing dude. But He's definitely, yeah, I've, yeah, I've known him a long time, and yeah. I'm glad he just keeps playing and keeps playing because right uh, yeah he's yeah. got it <laughs> yeah yeah man that one of those yeah a couple of those originals that he does are, are solid and i i was in the radio industry for a minute i've heard mm-hmm. a lot of people's demos you know like right, I've, right. I've heard a lot of aspiring musicians trying to make it with original music and yeah like amongst the fray there he's, he's definitely a standout 
Yeah. And he bought me a hot dog. So go see there Xavier Fry. Yeah. He bought a homeless dude a hot dog. You need to see this guy. Buy him a play. hot dog. Yeah. yeah, buy Xavier a hot pay dog. Pay forward. I can't pay him back, you know, uh, until I <laughs> dig out of the street. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. But Xavier's a good dude. Go see him play at Maggie Myers. He does that a lot. Yeah, um, there, uh, yeah. there's been so much. Uh, we've run into so much uh, talent just when you start looking for it. You start finding it, really. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Huntsville is kind of interesting because we're kind of smack dab in the middle of Nashville and Atlanta and right. all this stuff. And there's a lot of big acts that just roll through here. Yeah. They don't stop, but hopefully right. we're growing where they will stop. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark Marin, I would love to see mm-hmm. him pop down here because he plays Zanies occasionally. Uh, yeah. The last time he was out, I, I tweeted at him like, hey, if you've, you've got a day off, well, why don't you come down to Huntsville? And it was crickets, crickets and tumbleweed. Okay. In response to that tweet. But yeah, eventually we will get on the map. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. The comedy scene is growing, you know, pretty big. And we've gotten some pretty big names down here, you know, like the um, the wrestler, the wrestler Mick Foley. They, uh-huh. The, you know, the com- the guys that organized the scene, they brought him down here for a show just recently. Um, yeah, we've had, we've oh, had yeah, some, big, heard about that, some yeah. big names, some big names. Uh, so, yeah, the Huntsville comedy scene is growing. And again, at Copper Top last night, 31 comedians, 31 comedians. That's for amazing. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Um, we're, we're also starting to get the balance better, you know, like mm-hmm. for a while it was, to be honest, a sausage fest It you know, like all the comedians <laughs> were dudes and I was starting to get frustrated, you know, like where are, you know, not just because I've been flamboyantly divorced recently, but you know, I was starting, <laughs> starting to get frustrated. Like where are the ladies, right, you know, like yeah. I want to see lady comedians, but, mm-hmm. uh, there are more coming out, you know, like, um, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, Tara Jeffrey. She is fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's been a veteran, uh, you know, but recently, uh, um, oh, gosh, I can't even remember all the names. But we, I think we had like three or four, uh, maybe maybe as many as six last night. But yeah, we, the female comedians are starting to show. So if if you're female and you're funny, uh, go to hsvcomedy.com, look for the open mics and come out to them. All right, they we want to, you. Yeah, we need to get the balance there. I mean, it is already, I mean, it's still, even though more females are coming out, it's still like 90% male. And uh, comedy was male-dominated in like the 80s. You know, it's, uh, we, they turned that around in the national scene. It's time to get the Huntsville scene All right. more representative of equality. Let's get the ladies out there to do some sets. <laughs> well, good deal. Yeah. Well, we got another uh, clip of you. Doing I'm so fancy. You want to talk about that at all? Yeah. Um, okay. There was um, Patrick Cunningham, who is a veteran comedian in the scene. Um, he had a birthday. They were doing a roast for him, mm-hmm. and so basically, we had all the comedians in the scene out at one night. And uh, I, you know, I, I was like, okay, well, this is this is my time to shine. And uh, I'm so fancy is like it's been. It was the song of the summer. Uh, so I ended up changing the lyrics of I'm so fancy because I thought it would be really ironic uh, to change it to I'm so homeless. And uh, and so I sung the, you know, the song in that. Uh, yeah. With with like homeless themed material. But uh, yeah, the set ended up going going really well. And uh, I'd love you to check it out. Well, good deal. Here it is. I want to thank The Siege for breaking the seal on the parody song business, because I I also have a parody song plan. Does anybody want to hear a parody song? All right. Uh, I didn't bring a beat, so just imagine one is happening, all right? Um, uh, This is a parody of a popular song now, a real stupid song, but we're going to see if we can make it stupider. Ready? 
I'm so homeless. This is how it goes. Used to be married, now I'm a hobo. I'm so homeless. You already know. You see my backpack, no, I ain't got no. I'm so homeless, more than I'd like. I'm in the fast lane, riding on my bike. I'm so homeless. Don't worry about me. My ex-wife says that's how it has to be. All right, thank you. Thank you, Congressman. My goodness. You guys are amazing. You guys are a lovely crowd. Huntsville, Alabama is a decent place to hit the skids, and I'm enjoying it. All right, listeners, we're back with Joel. I'm Ben Job. Um, I wanted to ask you how you got uh, into the whole comedy scene in Huntsville, really. Yeah, um, it was, you know, I, I came from a background of radio broadcasting, uh, was, uh, you know, a professional broadcaster from 98 to about 06. Uh, and, you know, when we moved into town, um, you know, uh, I, I noticed that there was a big comedy scene and I was I was, you know, somewhat interested and uh, took the step, um, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago. Uh, and did my you know first few sets um and uh the scene you know like i just i took them by storm they weren't expecting it you know because when mm-hmm. somebody says like uh yeah this is my first stand-up comedy set ever you know they're expecting like okay this is going to be pretty rough uh you right. know because because everybody thinks that they're funny you know it's like hey i'm funny when i'm drinking with my friends and so right. i can go on stage you know but it's a science comedy is a science and you know it's part art but you know there's like a there's there's building tension and then releasing that right. tension, timing you know? and all that. Good and, stuff. and yeah. And like, unless you, you know, you work in the industry for, for some years and, 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 you know, tr- do that trial and error, it's really difficult to get that science down. But I already had that science. And, um, even though I hadn't tried the medium of stand up comedy, I, you know, I brought my existing knowledge to it. And, uh, uh, to be honest, like, okay, my, you know, my current, uh, sets are all about homelessness because that's what I'm experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before, you know, prior to being homeless, uh, you know, when I was uh, still in the relationship, um, the first comedy set that I did, and it's on my YouTube page. Uh, you know, if you if you go there, you can still see it. Um, I. <laughs> I, it's it's like I want to challenge myself. I bum out the crowd and then bring them back to laughter. But my <laughs> my my very first stand up comedy set because comedy comes from a dark place in in many you know mm-hmm. instances. Uh, it was about it was about my loss of virginity in college, and it was not consensual. Uh, the, a woman raped me uh for for my first time having sex and that wow. it was it was a 10 minute it was a 10 minute story about how i was raped in college uh it, it you wouldn't think that that would be funny but you know watch the set because there were there were uh, you know some good good points in it where where you know we brought the funny it was like guys right. it's okay to laugh about this cuz that's how you get through life is mm-hmm. you know finding finding the humor in the worst parts of Well, yeah, life, I think that's but, the, the ultimate challenge, I guess, of, of comedy is really bringing the laughter in the darkest, you know, yeah. points. And that's the point of it, I guess. And to me, a lot of times is 
if you can laugh at it, you can really understand and accept it Absolutely. a lot more readily. Basically, I, it's cheaper than therapy. That's yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait, like last night at the uh, not last night because this is a podcast and it's, you know you're you're going to be listening to this <laughs> some uh, nights ago. Yeah, some nights ago at the uh, at the Copper Top at their open mic there they had um, uh, there at the end of the night they do a um, like a joke contest where there's a topic and people line up and tell jokes on that topic. Uh-huh. You know, the winner, you know, wins a free drink or something by mm-hmm. audience applause. Uh, the topic was depression. They, you know, they were <laughs> like, all right, let's go all the way. Depression is the topic for the joke of the night. And uh, it was, it was hilarious to see the fact that like every stand up comedian that got up there was like, well, I suffer from depression. And so the, and then <laughs> the next one comes up and he's like, well, I suffer from depression and, and then goes into his mm-hmm. joke. Uh, when I got up there, I was like, okay, you know, guys, stop announcing that you suffer from depression. We're stand up comedians. We know, <laughs> we know. Cause that, that's why we get into this, isn't it? You know, like we've got some issues we need to work out and being on stage is the only way we know how to work it out. It's, it's cheap therapy that's it's uh <laughs> there's there's some sort of catharsis really that we get going up there even if we're just doing jokes on airline peanuts it uh most of us come from a place where it's like i need to be liked and so that's why i'm up here on stage you know like uh yeah i listen to mark Marin a lot and he definitely mm-hmm. confirms a whole lot of uh, uh, of that you know it's, yeah. it's always the most neurotic people that get into comedy uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like uh comedians seem to me like in general pretty um self-aware at least because uh, you know they're being funny they're entertaining people but they really know what they're saying and they realize when they feel like they've gone too far or they, mm-hmm. they or they're pushing people you know right and i feel like they're they're pretty introspective really yeah. uh, as uh artists go you know and uh people who entertain in general yeah it's uh yeah hopefully i mean you know when it's done right we are the the modern like philosopher kings you know right. like <laughs> like uh, it is i think i really i believe that stand-up comedy is the best venue for philosophy in mm-hmm. you know in our culture today like i mean where is there a philosophy jam you know yeah. like like <laughs> that, where do you meet with people and talk about like deep issues and philosophical really? topics mm-hmm. the only places in the comedy clubs you know like the best stand-up comedians get into that area of like you know halfway comedy halfway just you know like yeah. e- examining existence and de- and, and human relationships yes. and all sorts of stuff absolutely and yeah. it, re- it really thrives off of like conflict and uh i guess moral conundrums and stuff right. like that it's right. it is pretty yeah, 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 opening people's perspectives and you know having people look at things from from different perspectives. It, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I have a huge respect for stand up comedy. Well, obviously, I'm trying to be one. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, you enjoy it, it generally, right? Yeah. It's oh. Pretty- Oh yeah, oh my, yeah, my goodness, yeah. I mean, you know, like the the living You're pro stand up comedy is what I'm. Getting I, I, I'm very pro, okay, very pro stand up comedy. Yeah, no, Huntsville has got an amazing comedy scene. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, for you know, for where we're at as far as a city, you know, mm-hmm. for the size of the population. Uh, we've got a scene that rivals a lot of bigger cities that surround us. Um, you know, there's a, there's a comedians group on Facebook and I believe they've got like 70 some, 70 some active comedians in the, in the community. Um, a lot of our comedians do booked shows out of town. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, uh, Tara, Tara Jeffrey, um, you know, fantastic, uh, comedian or comedian, if you want to get all 
get all weird male female on it. You know, uh, she's a comedian, uh, but Tara Jeffrey, she's going to be playing the Stardome I, down in Birmingham. Is it the Stardome? I'm she's, not sure if I heard the Stardome. She's got a thing coming up. Uh, I'm plugging my own show, so I'm not going to give you the details on Tara, but Tara's funny. Tara's hilarious. <laughs> Google her stardom. She'll be playing in Birmingham, I believe soon. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, there, there've been so many, I do want to mention some of the, some of the comedians because yeah, basically I hit the scene. And as soon as it became clear that, uh, I've, that I simultaneously hit the Huntsville comedy scene as well as rock bottom personally, uh, they, they have been just amazing and, and, and just giving me the psychological, the social support, um, you know, like they've bought me food, they've bought me food here and there. So, you know, I, I, there's so many people that I, I should specifically thank, uh, Tara Jeffrey, definitely one of them, Patrick Cunningham, uh, he's the one that gave me the YOLO hat. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's a very funny comedian. Look for him in town. Um, uh, there's so many Tom hand has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Matt Jones. He is new to the comedy scene, but Matt is, he's a very funny guy and, you know, and he has been, you know, very specifically supportive is, he's, he's a very good dude. Uh, Cody needle, Cody needle's been, been, you know, uh, taking me all over the place. I think we're going to a baseball game on Monday, something like no that. Good deal. But yeah. Cody's a good dude. He's a, he's an odd duck. He's an odd <laughs> duck if you've seen his comedy. But yeah, go go see his com- Cody is actually going to be playing uh very soon at Tim's Cajun Kitchen, so, you know. Oh good. But um but yeah, there're just so many amazing comedians that I could not name them mm-hmm. all. But uh you know, like Dustin Warden, Dustin Warden and uh Carl Paul. Those are two comedians that we have in the area that they have very specific styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing that I love to see like uh, amongst the group, everybody's got their own take on things and right. uh and yeah, they're just there. There are so many comedians to 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 come out and get a sense of. And so I would encourage everybody to come out to these open mics, uh, come out to do them yourself and also to see all the talent that we have circulating through mm-hmm. town, because uh, it's it's really just a tremendous effort. Uh, there are a lot of talented people, uh, you know, really working at it. Out yeah. There. And that'll help them sharpen their skills for all their shows and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. The open mics are all about testing that material and then bringing it to you know a paid show then down the road. Well, good deal. Uh, yeah. Um, so you've been working uh, Coppertop, you said, and you started. Yeah. What was your first show? Was that Partners? Uh, first show was at, at Coppertop. The Partners is a new. Oh, okay. That's a new open mic, and it's still building, you know. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, Coppertop is when is where I did that the set on how I was raped in college. Um which uh it it really like they didn't you know obviously they had never seen me before and so they Mm -hmm. were like okay give it your best shot guy and and i came up there and one of the first lines uh i i really went bold with it because i left Uh i left my dignity in the radio broadcasting industry in the early 2000s you Uh know like i already got over that that whole like fear of humiliating myself Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, one of the first lines was, uh, I was like, you know, guys, now that we're all friends, I just want to, I want to establish something. Rape is not funny. It's hilarious. Now stick with me on this. And I, oh, no. I, I actually asked for a uh-huh. show of hands. I, 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 <laughs> I, I cleared it with the, uh, with, by saying, you know, has anyone else, you know? So it's like, okay, just to establish that I have been raped. So it's okay for me to ask this, but Anyone else been raped in the in the room? I asked for a show of hands. How uncomfortable, how uncomfortable of a thing to do, you know? But I took it all the way out there. One of the comedians actually raised his hand. I don't know if he actually has been or if he was just humoring me, but 
But yeah, I pointed it out. I was like, okay, you, sir. Great, great. This is going to be awkward. Um, so you yeah. talk about it like your style is, Mine. is that part of your style is bringing people like to a really real I, place I, and I, then yeah. and seeing how far that, that is exactly my style. Um, because I, you know, all the best comedians that, that I enjoy, uh, mm-hmm. are the ones that, that they don't, you know, they don't pull punches, you know, uh, Louis CK, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh Mike Berbiglia, you know, like Mark Marin, uh, yeah. all these comedians, they will take you to the darkest place of the human psyche and then they bring it back to the funny place. That's, that's what I do. You know, like I get up on stage and I bum everybody out and then I bring them back to funny, you know, well, yeah. I think that's my favorite. Um, well, People in general, but comedians as well, like when they make you laugh when you're not expecting it, you know, right? You're like, oh, you're getting into somber, you're starting to think about, it, and then suddenly you're laughing. And I then, think that's a boom. really, it's a great to throw water on somebody, you know, right. to make them, make yeah, them well, feel like at the uh, uh, at the end of that that very first set that I did. I mean, you know, the the theme was was an an awful theme. You wouldn't think that you could mine funny out of of having been raped, you know. But I I got to the end of the story of how I was I was raped in college and uh. I, I brought it to a place of just, you know, introspection, you know, like I was like, mm-hmm. and this is why we do this, because, you know, you have to find the humor in the dark places of life. So, you know, like everybody had that relief of like, or, you know, they're all just getting getting introspective, you know, mm-hmm. and then I got the biggest laugh of the set by uh, I ended it by saying, like, uh, thank you, Copper Top. You guys have been great. I have been raped. And then that just boom, everybody laughed, you know, because like because, <laughs> they'd all been through it because they, right? they weren't expecting that last little <laughs> yeah. jab, you know, and yeah, like and we had just gone through this journey, you know, yeah. and and then I just kind of threw that in there that yeah that that got a big laugh. It's it's uh, comedy, the science of comedy. It's all about it's it's very similar to music in that it's it's consonance and dissonance. Like mm-hmm, you, right. you create tension. And then you relieve the tension. And when you relieve the tension, that's when people laugh. And and so that's what my comedy has been about. It's about create as much tension as possible. You know, like, right. like, like I'm in a horrible situation, you know, like empathize with me that life is awful. And everybody's like, oh, God, that's so horrible. And then bring a joke and then release that tension, you know, mm-hmm. and, that's 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 so, been so how I'm I curious it. that night. So what made you walk into the copper top? Did you know someone in the comedy thing? Or? I I actually um I was tweeting the epic comedy hour uh uh you know Twitter uh, account uh-huh. and I was asking them I was like you know I I uh, would like to get into stand up comedy you know what would be the best uh, place to go and they suggested copper top mm-hmm. and uh you know I just showed up one night uh, I had. Uh, the the thing that I would stress to anybody getting into comedy, anybody that wants to do these open mic nights, prepare, you know, because like uh, right. people have a stage fright issue. And, you know, I don't because I again, I left my dignity in radio, you know, like <laughs> and plus I'm living a crazy you know, street lifestyle, like, you know, yeah, like you I think guess everything's been upturned. So yeah, you're just, you're it's just like on the wind right be, now. Right? Being in front of a mic is, is, is comfortable compared to waking up with a rat <laughs> on your chest. You know, it's like, yeah, like, you know, street life is scary enough. Uh, the microphone, you know, like, yeah, being on stage is just fine. But, uh, but yeah, what I would suggest to anybody going out to these open mics is prepare, you know, like, don't think to yourself, I'm just going to go up there and I'm going to wing it. Cause and nobody wings it. I mean, some comedians, after they've been doing it for a decade, right. you know, they've got a repertoire built up and they'll go up there and wing it. But uh, the the key to 
having a good performance is you go on stage with a plan, you know, like, you know, that I'm going to start on this topic and I'm going to cover these points and I'm going to end it with this, you know, like you should always, you don't have to have a speech written out word for word, but you need to have a direction, you know, like Mm -hmm. you need to come into it knowing I'm going to start here and I'm going to end here, you know, like, and, and that's, that's the best way that, you know, if you want to go up there and kill the crowd, prepare, prepare, prepare. Right. Yeah. And they need you there too, right? Mm-hmm. The scene's growing, so they need new folks, right? Yes, yes, definitely. And ladies, we need ladies and not just <laughs> not just because we're going through divorces. So many of us are going through divorces. That's how oh, you can no. tell. Like if some if you like the comedy just shoots up when the divorces go down. Was it? I think yeah, there's like a there's yeah, there's some sort of, you know, mathematical proportionality there between divorce and stand-up comedians cuz yeah, a handful of us, <laughs> a good handful of us are divorced. I'm the only homeless one though. That's that's why I, I claim the title of number one homeless comedian All right. in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm I'm terrified that another one of them is going to lose their housing because then it's like, oh, no, now there's oh, a the competition has just yeah. doubled. It's like, oh, I just I just <laughs> dropped down to number two homeless comedian. No. But yeah, I, I do make the joke that I am, you know, because I am digging out of homelessness, you know, so I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to being the number 37 comedian with a crappy apartment. Um, right. But yeah, you know, we're not quite there yet. So right now I'm on top of the bottom as number one homeless comedian in Huntsville. Well, we're Alabama. so glad to have you today. <laughs> it has been wonderful. This uh, this has been great. And uh, we can see you at Tim's Cajun Kitchen September 5th, 730, right? Yes, it's a $5 cover, but we appreciate it because you are helping the homeless directly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tim's Cajun Kitchen, September 5th, 730 p.m. That is a Friday night. You probably don't work the next day, so definitely come out. Come out and support the comedy scene. We would love to have you. And they're doing that. Are they doing that every Friday for the next month or so? That is, uh, they do it every other. So it's Uh, first, third, and fifth, if there is a fifth, Friday of the month at Tim's Cajun Kitchen. Uh, It is the All Right Bayou Comedy Showcase, Mm -hmm. hosted by Matthew Tate. Uh, Matthew Tate is also the host of the open mic at Maggie Myers. That's Monday nights at 8 o'clock. Uh, Stephen Claybrooks hosts the open mic at Partners in Five Points. That is at mm-hmm. seven o'clock. So, like, show up at six thirty, sign up, and or just show up and and you know enjoy the comedians. Also, okay, you might know that Partners is a gay bar. You don't have to be. Well, actually, it's a bar. Okay, you know, I made this point at Partners. It's a bar that is patronized primarily by gay patrons. You know, okay. because I'm tired of the whole. You know, like people say, uh, "Oh yes, uh, my this this gay couple I know, they got gay married." No, they didn't get gay married. <laughs> they got married. They got married and they're gay. Like because they <laughs> they don't go home and gay park their car in their gay right. driveway. Get gay you wedding know? rings. Yes, and, uh... yes, they weren't gay wedding rings. They were just wedding rings. <laughs> there were wedding rings that they put on their fingers that happen to be attached to a you know a person who is gay but uh <laughs> yeah no partners is you know it's a bar patronized by mm-hmm. gay people you don't have to be gay to go there don't let that stop you awesome. i've been i'm there. a straight man yeah i perform been there i've been I there. Perform there and yeah it's it's Dan's a been there it's a really nice bar but yeah okay so partners part, yeah that was a side note there but yeah <laughs> uh, partners open mic is seven o'clock uh it starts at seven uh tuesday night and then of course coppertopia which is the longest running open mic in huntsville alabama that is at the copper top every wednesday eight o'clock and the scene has just blown up so if you want to see a ton of comedy for free go to the copper top wednesday nights at 8 p.m all right sounds like a great job 
Well, once again, you're listening to Spice Radio. I'm Ben Job. I'd like to thank you again, Joel Elliott, for coming out. We've got uh, Dan Bullard on sound and Kevin Bardon uh, with our photography. We're going to have Joel Elliott take it out for us today with a set from Partners. Um, but yeah, so uh, I being an outdoorsy type, uh, I witnessed <laughs> a lot of things around town. And I saw two men trying to have a transaction at a gas station on Governor's. And I would like to give you uh, a little bit of a transcription of uh, how I went. I'm going to do the actual words that they shared. Uh, but first, I want to give you the version if they were in a coffee shop in Vermont. Okay? Uh, this is the Vermont coffee shop version of what I witnessed there at that gas station on Garbage Drive. First gentleman. Sir, I see you're enjoying that, uh, that, that coffee there. Would you like something a little stronger? I can offer you some cocaine, perhaps. Uh, second gentleman. Well, I think it goes without saying that I would be interested in the cocaine. But the only thing that would hinder our transaction here is I would need to know what the price would be for this cocaine. First gentleman. I would like to discuss the price with you because I am a businessman. Uh, but first, I would need to know about what volume of cocaine you would be interested in before we could really get into the right schedule. Second gentleman. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate that a lot, but uh, really the volume would depend upon the price point at which you accept your cocaine. So, then you see what's going on here. Basically, you know, two men going back and forth. It's like uh, they're playing a game of chess and nobody can decide who's going to play white. You know, like nobody knows who's going to go first. They're just going back and forth. Now, let me give you what actually transpired. Okay? This is the actual transcription of the conversation. I'm just sitting on a corner waiting across the street. I see guy's walking away from the gas station, turns to a guy at the gas station, and he says, You want some blow? <laughs> Second gentleman, How much? First gentleman, How much? Second gentleman, How much? <laughs> this went on for way longer than I'm willing to do it here. I would love to do an art piece and do it 12 times per side. It was literally 12 times per side. I'm just sitting there like waiting for the lights are like, oh my god, are they just gonna keep saying how much to each other? I'd like, guy, dude, sell some coke, man. Like, like you both want this so bad, you know? Like, just somebody go for it. I, I wanted to mediate. I wanted to come out there and be like, okay, look, you whisper to me what your price point is, and then you whisper to me how much you're looking for. And I chose, you know, I chose against that because uh, from growing up in Baltimore City, I remember exactly how awesome it is to not be shot in the face. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I passed on the whole mediating the Coke deal. It, it's been really fun tonight. This is a beautiful city, Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I, I bring the realness. I am Joel Elliott. I'm serious about everything that I intimated to you, and I do have a personality disorder. And so I might be the only person uh, that, that's truly honest when they say this on stage. Uh, honestly, guys, I love you. This has been a production of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, 
You can find us at www.facebook.com slash Spice Radio Huntsville or on Twitter at Spice Radio HSB. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.